Hey, 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 nurse bosses, we are back with yet another episode of the Nurse Boss Shift, where shift happens. Today, we get the pleasure of interviewing Melanie of Nomadic Nurse Agency. Melanie started this agency out of a need that she saw from COVID. She had dabbled into nurse entrepreneurship before, but her eyes were now open to looking around her and seeing where she can help avoid in her community. And that is exactly what she did. The great thing about Melanie is that she's all the way up there in Canada, but she still deals with some of the same issues that we deal with in the States as far as nurse burnout and also just using her resources to get to the next step. Melanie takes us through her journey of starting her first business, which led into her next business and how she was able to easily scale that business. And it is now on autopilot. She is now working as manager of a couple of hospitals up where she lives. And she is thinking about taking the business that she built up in Canada and bringing it here to the States because there's even more earning potential. And as we know, as nurse entrepreneurs, we are definitely in this to make money so that we can have more freedom and more time with those who matter to us, like our friends and family. So while she has a heart for helping people in her community, which is definitely displayed as she talks about the business that she started, she is still about her coins and knows that the only way to get to the next level and to secure financial freedom is through nurse entrepreneurship. So if you have been thinking about starting a business and you think for some reason you can't do it, well, go ahead and listen to this episode and see how Melanie has pushed past all the excuses she could have given herself and has created a successful business that she can take internationally and create the same business model all the way here in the States. Stay tuned for this episode. You definitely don't want to miss it. Hey, nurses. I'm Kiana. And I'm Crystal. And this is the Nurse Boss Shift, where a shift happens. We're here to help you shift your title from employee nurse to boss nurse. Step into your power as an entrepreneur and build a highly profitable business using the skills you already have and learn some new ones along the way. Let's get into it. Welcome, welcome, welcome you guys to the Nurse Boss Shift Podcast. It's your girl, Dr. Kiana Jones. And I'm Crystal P, the beauty NP. And we are welcoming Melody here to us. First of all, before we get started with Melody, let me give a little disclaimer. I'm hoarse, y'all, but I'm still showing up and that's all that matters. I'm getting over a cold, so my voice is kind of gone. But Melody, welcome, welcome, welcome. The owner of, tell me the name of your business again. Nomadic Nurse Agency. Nomadic Nurse Agency. I love that. Uh, Let's have you do a little brief introduction to yourself. So my name is Melanie. Uh, I have been a nurse for 10 years now and as of June. So that's crazy. 10 years have flew by. Uh, I'm a bachelor, bachelor's nurse. I've uh, worked I from Montreal, Quebec, Canada. We work, my experience is, comes from uh, emergency trauma originally. So I've been an emergency nurse since the jump, got out of nursing school, decided to throw myself in the shark tank. And I also have experience in psychiatry as well. Uh, and when I was, uh, running during, uh, my time in, uh, after school and I was graduated, I was in the middle of getting my bachelor's degree. Uh, I decided to, you know, I wanted to do something more than the shift work at the hospital. As much as I loved it, I realized that the emergency room is quite a heavy location mentally on and physically on, on nurses in general. So I said, you know what, I need to diversify my my platform so that's when I created um 
tutoring services and mentorships. And then we've evolved to Nomadic Nurse Agency in 2019. And it's been a crazy battle, uh, crazy times. We provide mobile nursing services at home, such as COVID testing. Well, at the time, COVID testing, it was a big one. Yeah. Uh, we do blood tests, ear cleanings, injections, vaccines, and so on. Okay. I love that. So nomadic is just the the travel part, right? So you basically are going at where your clients are. So that's a little bit different than like a home health business because it's it's like you're testing, right? So talk a little bit about that and the difference in it. Absolutely. So what we do primarily is because we have a Quebec has a very different clientele and their needs are different. We are we do have socialized medicine here, which but focuses a lot on treating illness rather than preventing. And in what costs our taxpayers money a lot is treating the illness. We have to go down. So we try to promote the promotion of health and preventing illness as much as possible by, you know, making sure that our clients have accessibility to blood tests, which unfortunately is very difficult to access in Quebec, uh, having, getting their vaccines up to date, getting their education and so on and so forth. Uh, we try to also work with other clinics as well that have accessibility to doctors, GPs that can see people in the clinics because unfortunately GPs are not at very accessible accessible in Quebec as well. Uh, we do our very best to try to meet that like and not only increase accessibility, but also come at an affordable rate as well. Okay, that's amazing. And how does that work with because I know in Canada, there's socialized medicine, right? So everyone, well, we think everyone has free health care. <laughs> that's what it's promoted <laughs> at. Um, but is it truly free health care? Or how are people paying for your services? Is it still like an insurance type thing? Or are they um, out of pocket? cash pay? So it's a very good question. So we do, uh, with the, when they meet with GPs and certain doctors, they do have things that are covered on Medicare, which is the socialized medicine aspect. But we, but when we take our services directly, like the blood test, the vaccines, they have to pay for it. And uh, it can be covered by insurance as well, depending on the policy of, the, of each client. Mm -hmm. uh, unfortunately, not everybody has insurance, but some people, entrepreneurs can declare this on income tax as well. Uh, people, this is something that some people, are need to be more educated about in our province. Yeah. So let me ask you this, because it's funny when you were talking about um, sick care system, that's that's what we say out here in the States for sure. Um, and I, I guess ignorantly, I always assumed that that wasn't the case there because like she said, universal health care, everybody, in my mind, you guys are paying more taxes, but you all, everyone had gets access to health care, but obviously there's still a void in some places. And yeah. so essentially your business is helping to um, minimize that void for a lot of people. Is that right? Absolutely. But keep in mind, this is the province of Quebec and Quebec is a very special province compared to uh, the other uh, provinces. So okay. uh, I don't know what, your, what state we could compare it to. That's so isolated and different than the other ones. Alaska. But Quebec pretty much um it's very you know it's we are very like french 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 here like i'm like i do speak english but i also speak french i do I understand real but big thing is like 
is French here ah. and uh, the rest of Canada is bilingual in from French and English, but primarily it's English and they do have a different system. Like in another province called Alberta, they, mm -hmm. their healthcare system works perfectly for them. Um, and they don't have to do a two tiered system like we do, where we have to have, you know, privatized and stuff. And plus we play a lot in taxes here in Quebec and it's very, very hard uh, to see where this is all distributing. But, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, the best thing that we can do is try to increase accessibility and promote right. health as much as possible. And that was a big thing, a big discussion during the pandemic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so as so as a nurse, were you able to see high level um, the the uh, the uh, disproportionate um, access? And then is that why you started your business or what made you decide to go into this this business? So when I worked in emergency, I worked in triage and the ambulatory care section. So ambulatory care in, in our emergency room is pretty much like a just you come for it's like a ur little urgent care section in mm -hmm, our emergency mm -hmm. room. So it's like if mm -hmm. you need stitches, you need uh, your you know you have a UTI that needs to be treated. Like mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. we don't have anything really called urgent care. It's just emergency mm -hmm. room and that's it. Okay. So uh, when I started working in there, I I did like my own little market research while I was in there, and I was mm -hmm. working in triages and stuff. And I'm like, my God, there's so many things that are that the clients or people or patients are coming in and they don't know that they have resources to, and it's just just, uh, it was insane how there was such a need. I'm like, for example, I had, I had one night I was working triage and it was like an evening shift going from like, it was at 7 30 PM. I think I had like three women come in with UTI symptoms, like minor UTI symptoms. And I said, well, did you know you can do X, Y, Z? And each one of them was like, Oh my gosh, I didn't know. But mm. it did come to a point that at one point they did know and there wasn't accessible anymore. So they had to mm -hmm. wait because mm -hmm. of the issues of the pandemic. But before that, oh my gosh, like so many people had no idea what they could do with their, with, with their resources. Mm -hmm. And that was a big, that, that's a big issue in Quebec of understanding our resources. And keep in mind, our resources, a lot of the times are covered by our Medicare in other words, free or tax covered. So you can use them as you go. But lately, it's been, I have to admit, it has been more and more of inaccessibility, regardless of, you know, uh, regardless, regardless of how many resources are out there. We But we still try to, you know, pile up and increase that resources as much as possible. Did you did you say that you started um, this might be changing the topic, but you started with helping other nurses? at first and then you built on the uh patient side how did that yes absolutely that transition yes yeah, yeah yeah so that was super that was super different so you guys have the NCLEX in the U.S. which I'm studying for right now which is so much easier than studying for the, the order of nurses of Quebec exam because our exam oh, wow. is if you think the new generation exam of the NCLEX is tough I'm studying it right now to come to the U.S. The OIQ exam is so much harder because wow. it's, 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 yeah, it's, and what's crazy, what makes it hard, it's like, can you think like a Quebec nurse? Like not, not think like a nurse, like, is this, or can you fit in Quebec? That's the, just the way it is over here. It's, mm -hmm. anyways. but, um, but when I started, uh, when, when I started getting to this, it took me three times to do that exam and you have as many chances as you want you have three times. And if you fail in the third shot, you're no longer a nurse. You have to go back to nursing school. That's how oh. it works here. So 
do you understand the fire underneath my backside when I realize I'm like, I'm on my third shot and this is it. And it didn't make me less of a nurse because I still worked in the emergency room during that time frame. And my boss was like, I was very adamant, with, honest with my boss. I'm like, you know, I, I failed again. And she went like, you're not going nowhere. You are good at your job. You're really good at your job. You're not going nowhere. You're going to come. You're going to stay here. If I saw that you were dangerous on the field, 100% you would have been gone. We would have dis- would discussed this. But you're that's yeah. not your issue. You're having a hard time adapting to this exam. And keep in mind, during the time that I was doing it, there were so many changes to the exam. Like every time I had to do it, there was a new update, new change. Get rid of this. Add this. Like mm. So I had to roll with, the, roll with the punches until one day I got it. And because of that, I, start, I decided to mentor nurses and prepare them for this licensing exam and for Mm. the nursing assistants as well. I just found it was, there was a lot, there was a void there as well in regards of education and helping nurses on that angle. Yeah. So you went from, so you initially started with like uh, tutoring nurses for your uh, exam in, in Quebec. And then that led you into starting your other business or are they kind of one in the same? They're one and the same. So pretty much like it started off, like I got my, I, I got my inspiration from my, from, from my business inspiration from starting the tutoring. I'm like, listen, I can, I could scale this. I could, mm-hmm. And then I started scaling it there. And then all of a sudden when the pandemic happened, um, the nursing student, like nursing students, it was a little bit different to care for the exams and stuff because there's a lot of, a lot of difficulties in managing and anyway, so it became very challenging for me to, um, make a bit scale that part of the business at that time. You'd think it would mm-hmm. be easier, but it actually got harder. So we, so a lot of nurses ended up, you know, using my, my tools, but then after it became, um, there was a lot of challenges, in regard and changes in the exam again. So it became less scalable during the pandemic, but what really scaled and really took a nice lift off was, was the fact that people were like, we need home service. We need someone to come to our home because we don't yeah. want to, the, the, the blood taking centers are closed. The COVID testing centers are, I mean, we are afraid to go or we want, we rather pay or we rather do other things. Like, so we ended up, so because I saw a change in the market there, that's when I started to pivot and um i was i was okay with that th- that pivoting at that time and i still help nurses and nursing students on the side in the mentorship and everything and mm-hmm. uh but again i i would re- do a lot of referrals with other companies at that time that i trusted very well mm-hmm. now did what okay so your um testing agency i mean company is that considered a nursing organization like did you have to do you have to have a medical director there or is it strictly nursing that's within your scope out there and you don't need a a medical doctor so it's within our scope we do not need a medical director for this we just need to operate and that's it because the task is is strictly nursing if i started doing iv drip therapy i would need a medical director mm-hmm. but in quebec iv drip therapy unfortunately because i i love your business by the way ladies <laughs> i love the iv drip therapy idea i think it works super super well if if used correctly and i'm sure yes. you guys are using it yeah. to the t um, in quebec unfortunately it's not something that is very um uh, looked upon positively by our order of doctors. So doctors that are covered under the Medicare system, um, because it's technically making money off the backs of healthcare, uh, the order of doctors, the college de médecins, as we call it in French, they are opposed to, uh, 
this option unless they're doing unless the doctor is very involved in private care specifically Mm -hmm. and even at that they have a hard time because in order for in their eyes the way they see it um in order for you to prescribe a vitamin drip therapy that has vitamin b12 in there you got to do a blood test that shows that they're deficient Mm -hmm. but not all the time are they really Mm -hmm. deficient in the blood work they're low they're it's not sufficient for their baseline like for example i'll take Mm -hmm. vitamin b12 every day but it's not because i'm deficient it's because Mm -hmm. it helps me boost my energy and Mm -hmm. helps with my own uh, my own well-being Yeah. Yeah. And it's really because, I mean, a lot of holistic and uh, wellness uh, services um, like um, science, like like the science of medicine, they don't like that. They really are designed to treat sick people. And so when you get into the wellness space and holistic medicine, it doesn't matter if science has proven that it's effective. It's just not the system which we exist and it's, that's why it's not taught a lot. Like they want you to focus on the science. They want you to focus on medicine, medicine, mm-hmm. medicine, medicine. It doesn't matter. And we still we still are challenged with that. And some states are more strict than others, right? Um, yeah. But the but even medical doctors here are, I would say they're more open to it um, just because you can't deny what the research says, you know, and they're just going on the medical research. And like, if, if it's not fixed, why broke, if it's not broke, why fix it? But the reality is, you know, it takes people a long time before they start showing symptoms of um, vitamin deficiency. It doesn't just happen overnight, you know, especially women and, you know, things like that. So I, I, I I get it because some States are like that too, where they're not having it. (laughs) They're not. Mm. So, okay. So you started your business. You, you went through a series of like, okay, you started it. What I love, and this is really true to a nurse entrepreneur, is like, we yeah. start one place, we don't know mm-hmm. where we're going to end up. Like I started, and I always tell my story, I started in like trying to help homeless people um, in a nonprofit, with a nonprofit. And then from there, I did a staffing agency. And then from there, I did like my non-medical beauty business where I did like permanent makeup and all these different things. And then added on aesthetics. Crystal story is similar, yeah, just something totally different. That. Yeah. <laughs> I really think it's about though, and a lot of people don't realize this. They always, not always, a lot of people, and I'm generalizing, wants, want to know the end destination and that is still to be written. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But I think the level of courage it takes to step out, even on that first one, and then mm-hmm. find the value in it, even if it's not something you continue to do or whatever, to be able to see like, all right, this was something good. And then to be able to identify the next need that you're feeling. So how was, what was that process like for you, Melanie? <clears throat> oh, wow. The, the transitioning of the, of business mm-hmm. and from business from one to business two was, mm-hmm. was such an interesting one. I'm, I mean, I'm still doing business one, like it's still in progress, but it's, mm-hmm. it's just uh, taken a different type of liftoff and I'm, I just appreciate that the learning opportunity from it, it was just yeah. very, it was the pandemic that swung so much for me and regards of like, okay, where is, where do, where, what's the void now? What is, where do I, where do I put people, where does people need me more now? And when I figured what that was, that's when I, that's what I gravitated to because mm-hmm. my goal originally was to help people in the, during the pandemic and try not to decrease accessibility of healthcare resources during the pandemic. It was a huge, huge thing here. And I'm sure it was like this in the U S and all around the world. 
And it was something that I really looked, I felt like this is, this was a dire need for people. The people, nurses needing the OIQ exam prep, I, I referred out, I was able to find a resource for them and I was okay with that. But when it came down to what was going on the pandemic where everyone was losing accessibility, this is when I said, you know what, like, let's start, get this going. And besides, and also another thing that I do, I forgot to mention is that we put nurses in, in pharmacies as well. So we'll have, they'll do nursing service inside of pharmacies and Quebec. So they'll do their other injections and stuff like that. So that would be even more profitable, uh, more, uh, Mm. sorry, more cost efficient for clients. Mm. And it can, they can come to the location and that way they're not, instead of paying 60 or $80 for injection, plus the cost of the vaccine, they'll come in and pay 10. So, and Mm. it gives the pharmacy some more leverage for people, um, for more clients that gives them more transactions. So it ended up being a win-win on that angle. And that because my pharmacies at the time were suffering because of that, that cut of during the pandemic, I said, okay, we're going to do mobile. And then that's when we teamed up with our pharmacies as well. Mm, Okay. Now on the logistics side of this, um, and just for nurses listening and maybe who are thinking, Hey, I could do something like that. Um, did you start with like, just make an appointment and I'll drive to you. Did you have a van? How did that part of it look with going to, um, client's house? How did you get them? And then how did you, um, carry out the services? Very good question. So (laughs) marketing is a big thing. And yes. I realized that if I wasn't a nurse, I would love to do marketing. And if I wasn't into marketing, I would do law. And one thing that I loved <laughs> was understanding the laws of business and like, okay, what do we need to do here? How do we do it properly? And then I just got whirlwinded into it. But when it came down to getting my clientele, I was on social media all the time. And because at one point, that's all you were able to do. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. if so, where was people all the time at during the moment of their of the pandemic? on their phone all yeah. the time. So I took the time and I, I, I went on social media. I did a couple of stories and I did, I started with educational stories. I started with saying like, this is what you do. If you, uh, how to use a mask, how to use this, how do you wash your hands, things like that. I did very simple things that to me, I, working in the emergency room was something very common, but to people they're like, Oh wait, I don't know how to do this. And I ended up answering so many questions. And because of that, I ended up, I ended up uh, scaling that component. And then there were from there, that's when I started offering a little bit of a hotline saying, Hey, do you guys need help with something? You give me a call. And we ended up uh, answering some, uh, answering some questions in regards to that. People felt reassured and felt like they were getting proper education. And again, this was also a no judgment zone as well, based on people's decisions. We had to make sure that everything was as, um, open and welcoming as possible. And, uh, the marketing aspect was purely on social media and it was a huge hit. It really worked out well with education component. And, uh, then I started going to people's houses in my car that I still have today. Um, going house to house. And then after that, I had to grow a team. So a team, a team has grown from there because I couldn't do all of all these things by myself. Yes. So, okay. Now let's get into the financial aspect. Are you still working in the ED? Are you a full-time entrepreneur? Where are you at right now? 
So right now I am, because of my new plans, <laughs> I, right now I am a hospital manager. So basically what we, what we call it nurse resource manager at, uh, at our hospital. So I'm in charge of one of the big hospitals, one of the biggest hospitals in the province. Okay. And, um, it's, uh, under McGill university, um, health center. And we provide, uh, we're, and I'm, pretty much the manager of three big hospitals. So the Neuro Institute, um, Neurological Institute of Montreal, the Montreal General Hospital, which is our trauma center, and the Glenn Institute, which is our very uh, specialized center, uh, med- health center. And uh, basically anything that any patients that go up to the floor, any patients that have to get certain procedures done, I'm, I'm, I'm the honcho in charge type of thing. So I took a really big job uh, and I do enjoy the job. I, it's a very different job. I had to pull myself out of the ED for that job, but I think it was a good time for, uh, based on timing. It was a great experience. And I still have my company rolling pretty much like a conveyor belt, which, which is the beauty of it. Um, it's Ooh. able to run on its own and I can, I'm around and I'm available for it as I'm doing other things. So autopilot, that's yes. always great. <laughs> so you essentially created this business from scratch based on the need that you identified. Then you worked mm-hmm. the business to find out how to run it. Then you delegated mm-hmm. it in certain aspects of it. And I'm sure you have some kind of automations in in place as well, right? I always say delegate and automate whenever you can. Um, And then you have people working it. So doing this business, and I know you're you're, um, in in Quebec and so it may be a little different, but is it bringing in the revenue? What's the average amount that a business like this can bring in um, um, for over annual? So annually, uh, you can bring in six figures easily, but the issues where you get cut with is the taxes. The taxes here, it's 50%. Oh, that's right. I don't know why I thought it was 30%. (laughs) Here it's 40. It depends on your tax bracket. You're hitting 50%, like give or take 42 to 50%. Yeah, it's, 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 it's heavy. But again, you end up like your lifestyle ends up being paid by the business. Everything becomes an expense. Every, everything that I did, every business meeting I had expense expects because that you need to show that you're spending, you're spending that money, investing it back into your company. Yes, yes, for sure. You have to have a really good accountant and you have to have some really good like skills in regards to figuring out the financial component of it. Yeah. And um, you can run your six figures, but the issue that I have with that is um, it's not going to be anywhere near as what you can make in the U.S. And I'll tell you this because um, we pay 50% on our taxes already, mm-hmm, give or mm-hmm, take. Mm-hmm, everyone's doing that angle right. based on the tax Mm-hmm. But at the same time, everyone, not everyone's going to have insurance and you got to pay upfront and then get covered on insurance. So mm. it become, and if you're paying that much in taxes, it doesn't become very appealing to people to want to pay all upfront. And we as a nomadic nurse ag- agency understand that. That's why we still try to make it affordable yeah. as much as possible. But again, mm-hmm. our lab fees are our lab fees. Yeah. And yeah. that's the best that we can do. And my nurse needs to cover her gas. We need to make sure that we're not going into the negatives or at par. We have to make some money in order for us to keep things running. And I can yeah. have an admin staff. And 
The thing is, is that um, Quebec isn't under necessarily there yet to understand private healthcare and how we are getting there. Ontario yeah. is getting onto that road, but Quebec is having a hard time in that matter. Montreal is doing good, but uh, the rest of Quebec is a very tough is a very tough shell to break when it comes down to that. So the money in Quebec, I have to admit, is not as entertaining as what you would see in the U.S. and what my friends have made in the U S and other companies. Mm. So are you, um, do you have plans to, do you have plans to move your business or are you trying to come to the States and start it or, or what are your plans? Yes. Okay. (laughs) My plans is to come to the U S is in, it's in the works right now. I have my NCLEX to write, which I am cannot wait to get that done. I cannot wait, but I have to work through a lot of, uh, a lot of crooks and crannies. So that's what I'm doing right now. But uh, I'm applying through the state of Florida because uh, okay. I have family out there. So I'm going to start there first. I know it's not the highest paying over there, but I have I have I have a base there. So I, I have mm-hmm. no problem getting started. I actually did get an offer through California at one point, which was I'm going to take up eventually. But I'm going to where I'm going to establish the company. I think we're going to see where it lands but for now I'm, i got a travel nurse opportunity in uh in florida that i'm gonna uh, that i'm gonna take and we're gonna take it from there and nomadic okay. nurse is nomadic so that's the beauty of it yes right? exactly right? i yes. love that i love that yeah you can you can do it anywhere and i love that you mentioned that um you know you have friends who are already out here doing it um and we follow a couple of um like influencers who also um basically help people start a point of care testing out here. And so, and so, but what I feel like is just here, even hearing you talk and compared to just the average nurse entrepreneur, it just takes a person who's willing to bet on themselves and to dare to do and become something that they have, they don't know about. They just are kind of stepping and figuring it out as they go one step at a time. Um, And then identifying like, areas that you can grow from and improve from, like whether it's, like I said, systems, automations, um, having people work for you. I don't know if you've ever, if you ever owned a business before, but most nurses haven't. And I think it's just, once you get a taste of it, it's like, mm-hmm. you just, how can you go back to, even though it, you're working a lot, cause it's not something that, you know, I know you said it's on autopilot, but initially it does require a level of commitment. Um, even when you don't see like a profit. And so yeah. what, did you experience that? And like, how did you get through that? <laughs> um, I prayed. <laughs> I, <laughs> um, yeah. I, I, I'm like, please God, like, I hope something comes out of this for me. Yeah. But again, when you're doing something good, good will always return. Cause mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you've got to remember, and I've been seeing this on and on, on and off again throughout like my years. And one thing is that you can, you can't have wealth if you don't have passion. You have to have passion for, in order for you to have wealth. Mm. And that's the most important thing. If your passion is not fi- on fire, you will not see the money. And it's very important that you enjoy what you do and you do it with good intention. Because yeah. if your intention is negative, I promise you, you will have a negative outcome. 
because right. I know so many companies that had negative intention of just the fact of, I just want wealth. I just want money. When you go into that intention, not a lot of the times it's very easy to get trapped in ways of getting money in ways that you're not supposed to, or not in the nice ways. And I've seen mm-hmm. a company do that actually, mm-hmm. and they're facing lawsuits. It's, it's the way yeah. it is. And, and it's not even another nurse that owns it. So mm-hmm. it's just, it's something to be very well aware of when you're going into business, do it with the, with positive intention. Um, if you're going to see an outcome with your passion, I promise. Yeah. You just have to conti- be consistent with the work. You got to be consistent with the work. And again, you got to be okay with taking breaks too. But again, don't give up. Breaks are okay, but don't give mm-hmm. up. There's mm-hmm. a difference. Yeah, for sure. So the next thing we was going to ask you, Melanie, is like, you know, our community is of nurses and we would like for you to give some homework. Like, what do you think three things that has been, that you've done, it could be high level. Like it could be a book you suggest, whatever that you recommend for our people. Now we, we have entrepreneur people who are entrepreneurs who maybe need a little push to keep going. Maybe they're in a rut and we have people who have never been entrepreneurs, they're nurses, and they have no idea of even how to begin. So any part of the spectra journey, like three things that you would recommend them taking action on today when they listen to this podcast. One thing I I found was super helpful is find a mentor. You cannot do it alone. You need to find a mentor. You got to find someone you look up to. It doesn't necessarily have to be someone in the nursing business per se, but it's got to be someone that's in business that you resonate with. My mentor Mm -hmm. is somebody who is in event planning, like completely different industry. But anytime I need her, she's there, she's around, and she's able to give me the the business kick that I don't necessarily understand all the time because I studied nursing. Yeah. And when you study nursing, you don't learn about the financials and how to scale a business and the marketing and stuff. So do your research when it comes down, which is your second homework, do your research on regards to um, what it is to market. And marketing is is so much more fun than you think. I love, I love it. Like when I go on social media and you're there like giving advice, marketing is also education, which is something that nurses today are very good at providing. So you need to like use that as a marketing leverage. That is a really, really good tool. And another thing, read books. One book that I read, read, don't read books about how to be a great nurse. Like don't read about stories of nurses anymore, because the thing is, is that y'all know how to be a good nurse. Y'all, y'all are here because you want to be a nurse. You want to be like, you want to put yourself on a pedestal. You want to get yourself a brand and stuff. So here's the thing. You got to study the things that you don't know, which is a lot of the times finances. I found the finances was the hardest thing for me to understand because my finances was managed by my person I was with at the time. So Mm. I read a beautiful book, Rachel Rogers. Uh Um, We should all be be millionaires. That's our book. (laughs) I love how you're all the way giving the same tips that we give nurses all the time. That's not even working because we think, oh, if we build it, They'll come and that's not true and it's it's mentor marketing and reading books that's literally what we preach about all the time and that's our book. <laughs> and, that's hilarious. Yes, and that is our book that is our book that yes. is our book that is our it book that's like an old it's like an ode to women entrepreneurs it's like it's like it gives us a kick in that you know what like yes. you stop it 
Don't change your lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. Make more money. Like, no, you don't need permission. Like, stop asking. Oh my gosh, we could go on and on. That's our book. Yes. Oh, we for love sure. It. For sure. <laughs> Another one that I read as well is Atomic Habits. Yep. So Got all that these one little too. things that that create new habits because you don't need to know the the, the story of a doctor and of a nurse. You can read it for your entertainment, but you're not going to learn anything from it. If you want to yeah. drive your passion. Um, I mean, you can read them, but I mean, at the fuel it, but at the, but the one thing that you need to read to educate yourself is something that you don't know, which is I started with finances. And the first thing, person I contacted when I opened my business was a lawyer. Yeah. I did not go and I didn't just open it because it was cute. I called a lawyer. Cause I was like, I'm not going to do this wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know what I love is that, you know, um, when you like, I've been in business for six years now and what I've learned is that. I could help anybody now. It doesn't matter if you're a nurse, doctor, engineer, lay person, business, the fundamentals don't change. I don't care what industry you're in. The principles are the same. And so that is why you should read outside of nursing. You should read books that are like focused on whatever your challenge is or whatever, you know, you got marketing, you got finances, you got um, delegation. Those are really the main three things that you have to focus on, fulfillment. That's it. So I don't care if you're an online coach, if you have a brick and mortar, if you have product-based business, if you have drop shipping, it all has the same core principles. And like I and the fact that nurses, and I say nurses because that's our, you know, our audience, but like I feel like we are so intimidated because we think it's just like this 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 abstract thing in the sky. And it's like, no, it really doesn't matter what business you get into. You don't have to be a home health nurse this own business, or you don't have to open a staffing company. Like you could sell books if you wanted to, like whatever it is that you want to do. And the bottom line is what you need to be successful will never change in business and entrepreneurship. It's, it's the same thing. Like I can literally read a book, marketing book from Dan Kennedy. His book is like 20 years old. It's still very relevant because he doesn't focus on trends. He focuses on the fundamentals. He focuses on core, like that does not change. So yeah, and that's that's exactly, you know, what I like about Rachel Rogers is she just puts like a girl spin on it, you know, like, cause she deal with a lot of the, um, the expectations, societal expectations they have on us as women, right? And limiting us. But it's still, when you peel away all the layers, the core principles are the same, you know? You can do more, you can make more, you can earn more, you can focus on the causes that matter to you. It's all about your mind and your decisions, anything you do. So I love that. Yeah. So that was good. That was good. Those are some good, good assignments, you guys. So I think y'all probably heard uh, Rachel Rogers a good four or five times since we've been (laughs) hosting this podcast. So if you haven't gotten it yet and we don't get no affiliation, but let me tell you, this book is worth recommending you guys for sure. Um, And so lastly, we want to know where can people find you, Melanie? How can they reach you? Um, Like social media, websites, all that so you guys can reach me on instagram info at nomadic nurse agency dot com is our email you can reach us on instagram at nomadic nurse agency and you can also reach me directly nurse melanie jade b on instagram as well yay thank you so much and she'll be when are you expecting to come come to move to make the move I'm work. I actually have a trip to Miami May 11th, so okay. I will be there. Be out for, here. Yay. 
Okay, and okay. I'm American, so that's another part. Yeah. Oh, so I'm going to be coming out. Yes, girl. Oh. <laughs> so how'd you end up in Quebec? Oh. Okay, that's another yeah. story. I'm nosy oh my God. now. Uh, no, I told you. No, my dad. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Well, we, want, we yeah. must stay in contact. Crystal, you have any closing yeah. words before we yeah, so let Melanie say, go? It's so wonderful uh, meeting you and getting to know you. You're an example of what... Um, we teach. And what I always say is just use your nurse knowledge that you have right now and just look for a void in the, um, in your community and just start there. That's really all, uh, us nurses have so much information and knowledge that we think it's normal, but, you know, going to someone's house and cleaning their ears and giving them, a, a, a vaccine is doing great work in the community. And it's something that we already have as nurses. We already know how to do it. So thank you for coming and being an example of that. We will definitely uh, be keeping in contact with you. And just for the record, your IG, cause I was looking it up nomadic nurse agency. Yes. Nurse agency. Okay. No, no, um, underscore or anything like that. Right. Okay. Correct. Just to make sure I'm following you. Okay, cool. Well, thank you so much, Melanie, for coming on, giving us mad value. And I love yes. that, you know, you're in Quebec, but like you talked about how this is something that can be done also in the States and I'm sure other countries as well. Um, I, and I, and I don't think you would need a medical director in certain states. I, in, in the restricted practice states, you might have to look into that, but definitely full practice states, you probably don't. So thank you so much for that. And everybody, you guys go follow Nomadic Agency. And why, I, yes. I guess you're going to be posting your, your move and everything, right? Are you going to do that yes. on your social platform? Okay. Yeah, that's yes. dope. Okay. All right, cool. Yeah. Thank you so much. Okay, everybody. Thank you again. Listen, if you guys have friends, family, anyone who is a nurse who is interested in starting their own business, tell them about the nurse boss shift. This is where the nurse shift happens. All right. Till next yeah. time. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. We hope that you had as much fun as we did and most importantly, got tons of value from this conversation. Post your biggest aha moments and tag us on social. You can find all of our info in the show notes. And if you love the show, please take the time to subscribe and leave us a review. We're so grateful for each and every one of you and cannot wait to see you crush it in your businesses. Talk to you next time.